0: In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Years ago there was a kind of entertaining comedy movie called City Slickers. Still a great flick. If you ever haven't seen it, you need to see it. (laughs) There's a great moment in the movie where Jack Palance, this old, crusty uh, cowboy, is taking these three city guys who are trying to find out the meaning of life on a, uh, driving a herd of cattle across, uh, I think it was Montana or Idaho, somewhere up there. And so they're talking to him, and all along the way, they just get this idea that this cowboy's got it figured out. And they said to him, What's the secret of life? And he goes, It's one thing. And that's all he says. And so the movie basically goes, and all of them gotta find out that what what that one thing is for them. It's one thing. I submit to you today that to be a Christian, you only have to have and should only have one thought only one thought and everything in your life should relate to that one thought we sat uh, years ago three or four years ago with father Zacharias this wonderful humble monk from the St. John the Baptist monastery in Essex England And he was just, I mean, he just was. He just emanated humility. At the end of every time he would speak, which was just full of rich, gold, spiritual nuggets, he would say, forgive me. You just heard it. On his voice, you heard the humility. And one of the main points he was making to us is that we as Christian people should have only one thought. We should have only only the thought of God, Christ Jesus, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in our mind. That should be it. Everything should be referenced to that one thought. No other thought should stand above that thought. There's a great book out now, and I know a lot of you have read it and are reading it. It's called Our Thoughts Determine Our Lives. And that's what that book is about. Your thought is about the thoughts of God, a thought of Christ, a thought of the kingdom of God. That is the thought. Every other thought is referenced to that thought. We, uh, the clergy here, we meet once a month and we're studying a book uh, that's teaching us that very same thing, to, to, to hold every thought captive. There are no neutral thoughts Thoughts, let me say that again, there are no neutral thoughts. Your thoughts are always taking you somewhere. That quieted everybody down a little bit. You just don't think and think that that's okay. You have to examine the thought. You hold every thought captive. Every thought captive. And you know that's true. Have you ever had a little thought that comes into your head and it seems benign? It seems neutral? And the next thing, you're thinking something totally bizarre and sinful. And it can happen in seconds. So one thought, beloved, one thought. That thought of Christ and his saving work. That's the thought that holds us. That's the pinnacle of all thinking. Every thought we have, every activity we have, needs to be be held in relationship to that. Let me work a little bit off of the epistle and then the gospel in relation to this idea of having one thought. When St. Paul says to us uh, about the Lord coming, he came to give us peace, so making peace that he might reconcile us both to God and to one another. So we have this thing that Christ is our peace, that peace becomes a critical element in our Christian life. Have you ever had a thought that's taken away your peace? Are you having a thought now that's taking away your peace? Are you struggling with a thought this last week that's taken away your peace? It's because you haven't referenced it to Christ. The reason it takes your peace away it's because you don't reference it to God. What, you, what that thought does is it takes you away from God. When you reference it to God, all of a sudden you begin to understand that God is trying to teach you something. God is trying to deal with something in you. And then all of a sudden the peace comes there. You still may struggle. There's that thought may be a difficult thought to deal with. But if you reference it to Christ, you will still maintain your peace. That's such a critical thing so when you lose your peace the problem is it the thought is taking you has taken you away from Christ it has become the more dominant thought so peace beloved we need to reference every thought to Christ we we have thousands of thoughts a day every thought should be referenced to Christ and then our peace will be maintained and secured St. Paul continues in uh, Ephesians and says that we we need to be reconciled to God and to one another. And this reconciliation is crucial for us, and we hear it all the time in the Scriptures. We pray it all the time in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. I don't know if you realize that you're actually asking God to forgive you like you forgive other people. You know that? How well do you do that? Oh, God, forgive me like I forgive that person. Forgive me like, no. We have to understand how serious that prayer is. If the one thought you have is the thought of God, that's the dominant thought, when it comes to reconciling yourself with other people, when you sin, if that one thought is of God, that thought is going to drive you to repentance and to confession. When you sin, if your dominant thought is that of Christ, it will drive you to repentance and confession. If it's not that dominant, if it's not the dominant thought, that sin may compound itself and run off and do other things. So if your one thought is that of Christ, and you sin, your heart doesn't want to lose that one thought. It doesn't want that thought to be dominated by another thought. So it drives the soul to repentance. It drives it to repentance. The soul doesn't want to be absent of God. The soul doesn't want to leave God. doesn't want that sin to sever the relationship. So it drives us to repentance. So having that one thought of Christ and His saving work in our life drives us in sin to Repentance. If we have that one thought and somebody offends us, that one thought will drive us to forgive them. If someone offends you and your dominant thought is that of Christ and His saving work, you will forgive them. Because you know what you'll remember? How much He's forgiven you. That's what you'll remember. And when you begin to make the list of the things you've done to offend God, and then you make the list of the things that that person has done to offend you, which list is bigger? Ooh, everybody knows. This big to that big. God is good and a forgiver. And when our thought is of him, when we're offended, we forgive. If we have offended... If we've offended someone, and our thought is of God, we immediately feel the need to apologize. Immediately. We don't want to find the breach. So when that one thought is of God, and we're after reconciliation, that sense of when we sin, we repent. When we are offended, we forgive. When we offend, we apologize. That keeps us reconciled if that one thought is the thought of God and His saving work. St. Paul goes on to tell us that we are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. And so when we have this one thought of Christ, that's always a reminder to us that we're children of God. But we walk in this world and we walk in a workplace where that workplace begins to define us. We, we work even in the church. If we do ministry in the church, maybe that ministry defines us. At home, maybe what we, who I am at home, that defines me. But if that becomes the dominant thought, then those things will always disappoint us because they're really, in a sense, of this world. The thought and the thing that doesn't disappoint us is that we're fellow citizens of the kingdom of heaven with all the saints. You're with the saints. You're a child of God. You're a member of His holy heavenly kingdom. If, that, if our dominant thought is thought of Christ, that becomes then who we are. That's how we identify ourselves. You know, I was thinking about this when, when I was, was writing this down and looking at this point. You know, why, why is it important to come to church? Why? One of the reasons is look around you. You're a fellow citizen with all the saints. This, this is, you're in heaven. You come to remind yourself who you really are. We walk in as, as painters and carpenters and lawyers and doctors and everything else. And we sit down as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And then we walk out and we forget it. Then we come back in. You know, there's a line at the end of the service that says, let us depart in peace. It means take That citizenship. Take that which God has given you. Be reminded that you walk out in the presence of St. Catherine, St. Fotini, St. Anastasia, St. Perescava, St. Marine, St. Marina, St. Irene. All the saints go with you. You're a citizen, fellow citizen. Don't let that be a small thing in your life. Not some intellectual exercise. Let the church remind you of who you are. And then St. Paul tells us that we are temples of the Holy Spirit, a dwelling place of God. If I have this as a thought, boy, I think very differently about what I think. If, If my soul is a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. The things I'm thinking, I need to be careful of. The things I say, I need to be careful of. The things I do, I need to be careful of. If, the, if I'm a dwelling of the Holy Spirit. A dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. You know, there's a great line. Uh, I can't remember, one of the saints was saying that uh, You know, God has an option to dwell anywhere. In the universe. You know where he wants to live? In your heart. He has an option to dwell anywhere in the universe. And he wants to live in the heart of man. In your heart. So be, be aware of that. Be aware of that. And let me conclude with uh, some encouragement from the gospel. In relationship to this. To have this one thought beloved we need to be bold like the woman with the issue of blood bold and courageous when we have a personal concern and it's not getting fixed anywhere we need to be bold to go to God to keep that one thought focused and alive in us not to spend all the time doing everything everywhere I've said this before, I remember the one line this one priest was saying to this one lady, she says, I have gone to this person, I have gone to the psychologist, I've gone over here, I've gone to the doctors, I've gone this place, I've gone that place, and Father, I cannot get this thing fixed. And the priest says, I think we need to pray about it. And she says, oh no, don't tell me it's come to this. we do everything first then to God no no if our one thought is of God we take it right to him first we may go do those other things but first to him not last to him be bold beloved God wants you to come to him God loves you God wants to save you God wants to heal you God wants to be with you in your problem not to be separate from it. And come to God as the woman did in humility. With any ailment, come humbly. Bow your head to the Lord and ask Him humbly for help. And then Jairus. You know, when we have a pain in our heart for another person, we need to become like Jairus, a beggar before God. A beggar. A beggar. God, be merciful to them. Be merciful to my children. Be merciful to my friend. We need to have that heart that when we see an ailment or a struggle in the life of someone else, we are on our knees before God for them. Not just go be warmed and be fed, but to pray fervently from our heart for them, as Jairus did for his daughter. So, may we come humbly before God courageously and ask his intercession and help, keeping that idea that we have one thought, one dominant thought in our life that keeps us focused on him and his saving work. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.